welcome to Tales of the Voidfarer. I'm your storyteller for this special one-shot. Uh, my name is Saker. This, this feels weird. <laughs> Jay, shut up. Until I introduce you, you are not allowed Fuck. to talk, Nick. <laughs> Nick got demoted. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, we're uh, we're doing some in-between season stuff, as you know. And of course, as I know, our new season starts on April... 28th. 28th, of course. <laughs> and um, we did our um, uh, Voidfarer Uncharted. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. It's all four of us, all five of us, in fact, mm-hmm. uh, answering questions uh, about the series and uh, giving our thoughts and what's happening so far. And this is a special one-shot set in the universe of Tales of the Void Fair, or mm-hmm. roughly so, in, in, <laughs> in as much as I understand the canon of the podcast. Everything that uh, happens and... here tonight is canon, so don't fuck it up, Saker. Fuck. Hey, you, you are holding can... my baby right now. Do not drop it. <laughs> if, if, if you encounter Ravnus and one of you decides to shoot her, that is beyond my pay grade. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Why, why does it have to be Ravnus? Uh, she's the first character I thought of. You should be honored that that was my first thought. Okay. Thought of Ravnus before his own character. <laughs> yeah, of course. Really. Exactly. Um, so this is going to take place um, not in Dungeons and Dragons, fifth edition. It's going to take place in a special um, role-playing adventure called Lasers and Feelings, which is a one-shot or one one paper, one side. What am I saying? <laughs> one page. <laughs> one page. One page. One page RPG by John Harper. Uh, you can look up Lasers and Feelings for yourself. It's a very simple system. Basically, each of the characters has chosen a number between two to five. Two represents a higher feelings on the lasers and feelings scale, which means they're better at like quick thinking, impulsive decision making, improvisation, uh, knee jerk reaction stuff. On the one page, it says intuition, diplomacy, seduction, wild, passionate action. Higher numbers represent lasers, which are rational things, technology, science, precise action. You could think of this as like the dichotomy between uh, Kirk and Spock. So if you have a high lasers, you want to roll below it. If you have a high feelings, you want to roll above it. Doesn't make any sense right now, but it'll make sense as we go along, or maybe it won't. Just listen and enjoy the story. It's fine. If you never get it, don't worry. Um, they always roll 1d6 per action. If they are prepared, they roll another d6. And if they're an expert, they roll yet another so uh, and then succeeding is based on how many dice succeed that's all it's easy you'll get it This story takes place one year before the events of Tales of the Voidfarer. We find ourselves in The Blessed Bargain, a grungy dive bar, one of many that dots the main strip of Olik Aran, a small moon of the planet Predaline. You're on your way here because you were promised work, work that had all but dried up since your captain, a man by the name of Aaron Darcy, had fallen ill, or at least ill is what you're telling people. In reality, on your last real mission, he had been hit by a pretty nasty paralyzed spell, and your little ragtag team just didn't have the money or resources to dispel it. So, while he recovers on the ship, you three are looking for work so that your fearless leader can get back to normal. 
You were hit up with an urgent message from a client who you've known for some time, a man by the name of Stanley Carnation. He's asked to meet you here in a dark corner booth, away from prying eyes, so he can ask you to complete what could be the most lucrative heist of your careers. So we open up at this bar, and Nick, uh, when you edit this episode, you're going to find some some... XB royalty free music that is just legally distinct enough from the Star Wars Cantina theme to not be. I can I can probably do that. And so we are going to to enter with. I think you three have been out out in the town. You were meant to meet in the evening, and you've gotten there in the afternoon. And each of you three went to do your various things that you do around the town, buying supplies, talking to your contacts, etc. So we are going to meet you one by one as you enter this bar. So let's let's enter with Nick's character first. So Nick, through the door steps who? Hunching down to get below the door frame, Petty Officer Willoughby Swain steps into this pub. He is a massive well over eight foot tall gif a lumbering hippo person his grayish kind of reddish thick hide posed his neck and, and head above a very pristine military looking uniform with various uh, badges and decorations on the one side he has a flintlock pistol on his hip and a huge blunderbuss strapped on his back and a bandolier of grenades and uh, he is smoking a pipe, um, which doesn't seem advisable because he's also carrying several powder horns <laughs> of smoke powder. <laughs> right. And he kind of comes in and just hmm, to himself, kind of scanning the place. Sure, sure. Um, I think uh, Stanley asks you to meet at a booth in back that you guys have met at before. It's kind of like his booth in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and it definitely has um some space for you there um nick let's talk about your there are three steps to creating a character in this mm-hmm. game first is a style so which style did you pick for your character hot shot hot shot so this is uh basically going to tell me when you're prepared or an expert at something and mm-hmm. that's about it so mm-hmm. hot shot all right and what is the second step your role uh soldier okay so it kind of makes sense for our Willoughby here. He's a hotshot soldier. Mm-hmm. Finally, what is your number from two to five? Two. Two. So you're <laughs> very good at feelings. Uh, yes, he is very reactionary. Shoot <laughs> several times and maybe ask a question at some point later. Sure. <laughs> Amazing that you can... If this were a traditional spaceship, he would have been sucked into the black void of space long, long ago. <laughs> sure. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, cool. You uh, enter, you slide into that booth. You don't see Stanley around yet, but you can presume he's coming soon. What does Willoughby do? Does he order a drink? Does he talk to the bartender? What's what's his MO when he gets into a pub? Yeah, so uh, he's still kind of puffing on his pipe and he'll sit down and then he'll kind of like look to see if he can see a, a wench or bar maiden or anything. Somebody definitely comes around. Excuse me, my my dear lady, if I could have a beverage, that would be most swimmingly. Thank you. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, just uh, whatever's on tap? Yes, in the largest receptacle you have. Yeah, okay. All right, so we'll get your keg. Very good, very good. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
this uh this this red-haired barmaiden you could see her going back and like come out struggling with this gigantic <laughs> metal barrel um, with a, a, a metal straw to put on top um that you can just poke through like a little hug uh-huh. um, all right <laughs> so as you're poking through the top of the keg um in walks oh well, let's say tanner's character well all right so, what you see here is a doar. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. A doar penguin with some dirty overalls, a thick flannel shirt, and a large cowboy hat to cover up his very large, large yellow uh, eyebrows. He has a scar over his right eye where he had an accident, unfortunately. And for everybody who needs to know, how deep. I am your ace pilot quick feet emperor, and I am the fastest damn doar pilot this side of crotch space. Yes, sir. Behind the throttle, I can promise you that I am quicker than a hiccup with more raw power than break and wind after a sample of my great granddad's space jelly. <laughs> hey, do you want to play Luckbeak from now on? <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that would make a lot more sense. Listen, you made, uh, you gave me a lot of inspiration that all Doar have to be somehow Southern. Yeah. Sure. So here we are. Right. Yeah. Cool. So I'm gonna say that Ace Pilot Quick Feet Emperor comes saddling on up there, pulling his cowboy hat down low. He starts waddling. You see a pair of hand crossbows at his side because he is a quick trigger on top of being the fastest pilot this side of crotch space. Mm-hmm. He comes All down right. and sits next to his gift friend there and waits for the waitress to come on over. Um, Tanner, let's go through your three steps for you. So your style, was it, I want to bet it's heroic or intrepid, am I right? Um, I'm going to go with heroic, yes. Mm-hmm. He is a heroic pilot. In pilot, of course, as your role. From two to five, what was your number? Three. Three. Okay, very good. So mostly feelings, but a little bit of calm action. I think that's good for a heroic character. Cool. Okay, so as you saddle up next to Willoughby, um, do you guys, um, are you are you mostly, you know, do you share a silent nod or do you, uh, do you talk? Yeah, yeah, and when Quick Feet comes up, Willoughby tried to use the straw and, and didn't really work <laughs> and has just pried the top off of the, sure. the barrel and is now just like sipping it <laughs> with an arm around it. And, and midway through a sip, he sets down the barrel and looks at Quick Feet and goes, Oh, what ho, Quick Feet! Well, howdy there, Willoughby. It's good to see you. And he tips his hat ever so slightly. (laughs) One finger, one thumb, slight (laughs) nod downwards to indicate a feeling of very high respect to his gift friend. Sure. The very, that's, you know what? I think the barmaid sees this and brings you over a whiskey neat. Just like, that's what that character deserves. Like, you don't even like, get to order. You're just clearly a hero. Now, thank you, kind little lady. However, may I make a slight request? Mm, yeah. A small glass of apple juice on the side, too, please. Also neat. Hmm. You could tell she's not super familiar with Doar and says, Oh, all right, Mr. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. And then she pulls out a coin and says, 10 years on it. It says, I understand. <laughs> uh, and then she um, she goes to the back and pours you a cup of apple juice. <laughs> and in a larger receptacle, this receptacle is far too small for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll call one of the dishwashers to do it. <laughs> uh, all right. So they bring you out a cup of apple juice and another barrel of, uh, <laughs> of ale. <laughs> um, and as they're 
pulling out those drinks, uh, let's bring Fiona's character in the door. So in through the door walks Diagnostic, a god forged. <laughs> uh, she is wearing robes that show that she is a follower of the Becoming God. The god forged are followers of the Becoming God. And she, her head on a swivel, she looks around for her companions. Okay. I think you find them pretty quickly. Um, boy, I love that all three of you pick fucking weirdo races. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, Fiona, you spy your compatriots, and I think there's some people in the the bar that they're kind of giving you like a, a weird look because maybe they've never seen a war forged before. How do you react to a situation like that? Um, I don't think that she really notices it too much, or at least she's not showing that she notices. And she is on a mission to just go sit with her friends in this booth to wait for uh, the person that they're waiting for. Sure. What ho, Diagnostic! <laughs> oh, shoot, I've already forgotten all of your names. Hold on. <laughs> well, howdy, I'm sure you wouldn't forget Quick Feet Emperor. Of course not. <laughs> and it is I, Petty Officer Willoughby Swain. Ah, yes, I remember now. And uh, <laughs> she, she sits down at the booth. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, so, so it's in character that you forgot their names? <laughs> yeah, just, I love that. She just stares at them a little bit too long, and they're like, oh, yeah, she's she's rebooting. We'll, we'll yeah. remind her. Warforge uh-huh. <laughs> EXE has stopped running. <laughs> okay, so let's choose your style for your character, Fiona. What style did you choose? Uh, Android. Android, okay. That uh, this game is definitely tailored more towards like uh, modern sci-fi, but Android works perfect for Warforged. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what was your role? Doctor. Oh, Doctor yeah. Android. Okay. <laughs> let's let's make maybe guess your number from two to five. Was it a higher number? It was. It was four. Okay. Two or three or four. Very good. So with your numbers, you're going to again try to roll over them for feelings and under them for lasers. The one thing I didn't mention, and this will come up as we go, if you roll exactly your number, you have laser feelings. Uh, Laser feelings means that you get to ask me a question that I have to answer honestly, and then you can rechoose your action. So if you ever roll exactly your number, uh, you get some insight about the situation that you wouldn't normally have. So what do do you order anything, a diagnostic when you come into the bar? Um, no, I don't think she does. I don't think that she would see a need to. Okay. I'm kind of curious how that interaction goes when the, uh, when the bar wench kind of comes over to you and says, uh, uh what are you having, hun? Nothing for me. Oh, not even an apple juice? <laughs> not even the apple juice. Mm-hmm. I think okay. that our Doar friend would appreciate the apple juice. Yeah, it's, I gave him the apple juice. It's, it's there on the table. Uh, all right. So long as you're tipping, I don't care. It's fine. Um, Okay. So she walks away, uh, and you three are kind of left to your own devices for a minute, which is kind of weird, because Stanley is a very punctual, prompt, business-like man. What do you do when you are waiting? I think uh, I think Willoughby is mostly concerned with his ale. Mm. He doesn't seem all that concerned that uh, Stanley is not here yet. He's just mm-hmm. enjoying the ale, and he may turn to the others and say... Was your time about town eventful? Did you do any particular shopping for for weapons or the like? I went searching for healing potions. I found several. (laughs) 
Well, you know me, Willoughby. I am a man of very simple, refined taste. I got my hand crossbows at my side, so all I did was go down to the local gambling hall and roll some dice. <laughs> I have to say, I may have lost a lot of money. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, could you speak up slightly? It's kind of loud here. Ah, oh, so so sorry. You see, what I said was, is I lost a lot of money at the gambling hall. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes! Gambling! Very good, very good. A good time indeed. A little dull for my taste, but I can see the appeal. Ah, yes, well, I mean, I don't typically, you know, gamble by going into a duel, but I mean, we all have our, uh, quirks, right? I do not understand gambling. <laughs> God damn it. Warforged, the fucking bane of my existence. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Oh, I do not have the time to describe that to you today. Perhaps another day. I feel like that conversation may have come up like it comes up on the regular, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, Quickfeet, you are talking to your friends here and you feel something kind of tickle against the bottom of your feet a little bit. Oh, uh, what the hell is that? And I, I look down. Sure. As you look down, you realize that under the table is a tunnel, and out of that tunnel that was presumably kind of well-disguised before, you didn't notice it when you came in, is crawling a human man. He's a shorter human man. He's wearing um, this plaid, checkered, ill-fitting suit that's uh, kind of kind of cheesy looking on him. Um, he crawls out of this hole into the side of your table, and he puts this large kind of cowboyish hat on, and he says, uh, 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 Listen! Uh, no one see anything. I'm not here right now. And he sidles up next to you in the booth diagnostic, and you all recognize this person as Stanley Carnation, who is your contact on this planet. What the hell? I haven't seen anything weird like that since my cousin Diplo's second divorce party. <laughs> God, I feel like I could dig into that so much, but just we just don't have the time right now for it. Uh, this is this is imperative. I called you here for a reason. I, I I'm I'm terribly sorry if you could speak up. You're, I'm having a hard time hearing you. No, no. The point is that I'm trying to be quiet here. Don't you understand, Willoughby? Willoughby, have you been blowing things up again? Well, I, 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 of course I've been blowing things up. I always blow things up. <sighs> Diagnostic, you have to watch out for Willoughby. He doesn't understand. Listen, I'm gonna talk in my normal voice because I know he can't hear. You have to understand when he blows things up, he's hurting himself. He can't figure that out. He hurts other people too when he blows things up. It is quite useful. I understand. Okay. I pride myself in my ability to hurt others with my explosions. That's what they're for. <laughs> Stanley, were you aware that there was a door at this establishment? You can use I it on your am... way out. Listen. I don't want to use the door because this is supposed to be an underground operation, almost literally in this case. <laughs> there is an important piece of intel that I have that went up on the intel networks and was just as quickly taken down, so I don't think many people could see it. I don't know who posted the intel, but this is big, big, huge. As I mentioned, this could be the most lucrative heist of your careers. I need you to go to a planet. It's called Milanon, and on that planet is a museum. In the museum is a golden durian fruit. I need you to get that durian for me and bring it back here. Golden durian? Isn't that that weird fruit that kind of, you know, stinks to high heavens? It stinks! 
Smells like shit, yes. Absolutely. But this is a golden one, so... Uh, possibly better, I guess. One of you is just going to have to fill me in later, because I'm not getting any of this. God. All right. Uh, one of you will have to tell him it's fine. It's, is this... I can offer... I'm thinking... uh, Fifteen hundred gold pieces? I'll take a, I'm going to take a second on that one, but I'm sorry. <laughs> Could you repeat that? Because I think that um, I'm getting a little bit of Willoughby's deafness. I might have caught it. Could you... Did you say 1,500 gold pieces? God damn it, you're a hard negotiator. Quick foot, all right, 1,750 <laughs> is the highest I'll go. Hmm. All right, all right, all right. Well, it sounds like we have ourselves a deal. Okay, oh, thank God, all right. What did I say the planet's name was? Melanon. <laughs> yeah, I remember. All right, it was a test for you. Good, Melanon. Of course that's the name of the planet. I've got to write it down. All right. So, <laughs> it's on a museum on Milanon. The Milanon Museum of Art. They thought it was an art piece, but in actuality, it's some sort of artifact whose meaning has been lost to time. It's now just being kept at this museum as a looky-loo. Uh, I'm not sure what other teams have this intel right now, if any, but... I bet there are other teams that are vying for it, so be careful. Others that are flying for it? Yes, yes, I mean, yes, they will be flying for it as well. Do they have wings? I, I, as, much as, as much as you do, Willoughby, you have a ship, you know? Is he, is he, is it just a hearing thing, diagnostic, <laughs> or is it a whole mental thing? You're the one who's saying it, I'm just trying to understand. Right. Understood. My apologies. Yes, they will be vying for it. Ah, why, why didn't you just say that? Yes, yes, I almost did, didn't I? All this code didn't speak. <laughs> well, it, it is a secret mission. <laughs> so, when you get it, come right back here. The prophecy, this was an ancient deep speech that's just been decoded. It's either... I can't tell if it's the word for for incredible fortune from this durian or unbelievable doom. Either way, it's important I have it. So, 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 Is this uh, the gambling that you speak of, Quick Feet? I think this could certainly qualify in that category, yes. I think I understand gambling now. But 1750, let me tell you, that's, that, that's willing to make me forget a lot about that whole impending doom thing. <laughs> Yeah, it, well, it's, you don't have to... The doom will be on me. Impending the, boom! I, I'm on board for this mission. <laughs> yeah, okay, uh, well, that's good. Listen, <laughs> just go out. He kind of looks over at um at another table, and he says, uh, Oh, God, that's Andy Tremere. He's another client. I wonder if he's giving the same... And Andy... You can tell he's like looks over at him. Stanley has this like green and yellow plaid, whereas um, Andy has this red and blue plaid <laughs> suit and like a big sombrero. And uh, he's got like his mustache. And he's like, I think he sees Stanley at the same moment that Stanley sees him. And he's talking to a group of three other people and they lock eyes for a minute. And Stanley like gulps and he says, uh, Oh, he's definitely telling someone about this. All right, this information may be more widespread than we thought it could be bad. I need you to go immediately and figure it out. Um, Diagnostic stands up. 
Good, good. Uh, and then Stanley, like, ducks into his tunnel, and he says, uh, uh, I'll meet you here when it's all over. Oh, is the conversation over? Hold on, let me finish my cask. And I just down the last <laughs> of the barrel of ale. Sure. In one long go. <laughs> <laughs> I think as you three stand up, you see Andy also jump under his table and that whole team stand up and you're both kind of like eyeing each other and and eyeing the door. All right. So I'm going to run and I'm just going to scream to Stanley. Don't you worry now. We're going to get that shiny piece of fruit back to you quicker (laughs) than my first marriage. So within 15 years, gotcha. Yeah, we got a very successful first marriage. Like, kind of like yeah, she, 15 you, minutes, but like, you know, minutes, oh. years. I thought you were widowed tragically. Never mind. Okay, that's, <laughs> I, could, I still get on the widow's walk looking forlornly. <laughs> um, so this other team is also rushing to the door. This other team consists of a human, a half-orc, and a kuatoa which is basically like a fish person. Um, also known, I'm looking at the wiki right now, as a goggler, which I really fucking love. <laughs> um, so, and I think they are rushing to the door to get out before you. I think they have the same kind of understanding that you have. So, Quick Feet, you are kind of the first to get up and start running for the door. And I think you have um, a matched pace with this human at first. Maybe you're both walking quickly to kind of avoid being noticed. But as you notice that you're both being noticed by each other, maybe you just start to break into a run. Uh, and how? what do you do to get out before him? Or do you try or do you let him have it? Or So he's going to start to try to like outpace me because he's obviously got reach. I'm mm-hmm. going to try to chop block him in the back of the knee. Okay. <laughs> like, literally, like, get into a stance and launch myself forward just to take his knee out. Sure. I think this is a feelings role, Tanner, because you are kind of quickly deciding the course of action. So go ahead and roll. You are a heroic pilot. I don't think this is a heroic move, so I don't think you're an expert. No. And I don't know if you're prepared. So just 1d6 to try and chop this dude in the back of the knee. All right. Find out here. And you're looking to get over a three. Well, I just rolled a four. Oh, a four. Well, with one die succeeds, so if you barely manage it, the GM inflicts a complication, harm, or cost. So I think you get behind this guy. This guy is dressed as like, they could be fine clothes, but they're also kind of ragged. He's carrying like a bunch of books with him, and he's got this scraggly long hair and a beard. <laughs> um, and he, uh, you chop him in the back of the knee, and he falls and drops a bunch of the books. And oh, you little sh. And, and 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 the complication I think is you zoom ahead of him, but you see from behind him this half orc uh, kind of leapfrogs him and leaps over and uh, and and kind of with the enormous stride of her legs picks you up by the back of the cloak and you're kicking your feet and uh, this obviously the guy is down um, but this half orc uh, is uh, taken with with you for a second Uh, so what are you doing diagnostic Willoughby I think Willoughby is going to chuck the empty cask at the half orc (laughs) I okay I also uh, I also believe this is a feelings roll so go ahead and roll for me you want to get over two and uh, are you prepared um, well, first up, you're I do a have shot. the cask in my hand. <laughs> it's true. I think you're prepared, and I think you might be an expert. This feels like a very hot shot move. This, yeah, like if I have something in my hand, and then something needs to like happen, yeah. that thing in my hand gets thrown. Sure. Like that's just the go-to strategy. This is a classic bar fight move where you drink the last of your beer, smash the bottle, and then stab the guy. With but it. in my case, it's a whole fucking <laughs> keg. Yep. Exactly. So uh, <laughs> go ahead and roll three d six. 
Uh, ooh, buddy. So that's two twos and a five. Well, you have laser feelings, my friend. I have laser feelings. Yeah, you can ask me a special insight. Some questions that the book recommends are, what are they really feeling? Who's behind this? How can I get them to blank? What should I be on the lookout for? What's the best way to blank? Or what's really going on Um, here? A roll of laser feelings does count as a success. So if you don't choose to change your actions, it's still a success. Okay. Well, then I got three successes regardless, so I don't think I need to re-roll. Give me me some insight here. All right. Uh, Let me see. What would Willoughby want to know? I I think what can I do to get them to... I guess, stop their pursuit. Sure. Uh, I, th- I feel like when you were watching that table, or at least when you looked over, you saw that the Kuotoa was like in between the human and the half-orc and not like he was their like child or anything, but they were both very protective of him. So I feel mm. like how could I get them to stop is you could maybe threaten the Kua- the Kuoto is still back at the table, hasn't left, is like, yay, yay, go. Is <laughs> <laughs> He's just sort of like cheering everybody on uh, watching this happen. Okay. Um, do you want to change your action? It would still be a success. Oh, uh, in that case, yes. <laughs> yes, I do. You're I want to throw... Bludgeon the child. <laughs> I want to... Uh, I want to throw the barrel at the Kuotoa, but I want to try and do it so the barrel like goes over him and like traps him. Okay, sure. <laughs> you want to play ring toss with this barrel? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you got three dice, so you got a critical success. Uh-huh. So the barrel easily falls on the Kuatoa, who's like, oh, no, time to go to sleep. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I think you hear snoring from the barrel immediately. Uh, and the, the guy kind of collects his books and looks back and goes, oh, fruit tree, and runs back towards the Kuatoa. And the half-orc takes you quick feet and looks at you and looks back at the barrel and like grunts, throws you at the door um, and then starts lumbering back towards the table. Diagnostic, is there anything you want to do in this situation? Does it appear to be faster to go through the hole in the ground? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you have no idea where the hole leads. Could be faster, could be less uh, noticeable. You don't know. Um, She's probably not going to take that route then. (laughs) Okay. You can roll me a lasers roll if you wanted to, to try and figure it out. Uh, Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay, She'll do that. Um, Uh, Let's see. Uh, You're an android, so I'll give you a plus one. I don't think you're prepared, so just 2d6. Okay. And I got a two and a three, so is that good or bad? Well, you uh, want to aim for over a four. Over so, four. So oh, wait, no. I'm sorry. Lasers is under. So you got two successes, so you do it well. Good job. All right. <laughs> so you note that, like, maybe you could still hear, like, Stanley was uh, humming a song, like, <laughs> as he was going away. <laughs> and you can still hear, like, the echo of his humming through this tunnel. And I think, like... You can tell that it's like winding down. It's meant more for like subterfuge than it is for gotcha. speed. So yeah, it's probably easier to walk out the door. All right. So then she cool. is going to make for the door. All right. You guys make it out the door um, and you have gotten to this dock that's pretty short form outside of this door. Um, and out on the dock is your ship, which is called the Raptor. The Raptor is where your captain, Aaron Darcy, uh, is being held in petrification in his room on this ship. Um, and it's very important because it is your your lifeblood. It's your moneymaker. It gets you around this weird galaxy. What kind of ship is it? That's a great question. 
as a team, you guys are going to pick two strengths and a weakness. So Nick, you're first on my list. Pick a strength out of these following strengths. Is the raptor fast, nimble, well-armed? Does it have powerful shields, superior sensors, cloaking device, or is it a fighter craft? Um, I would say well-armed because Kay. that's in character. <laughs> sure. It is well-armed. Okay, Fiona, pick another strength out of that list. Um, I think that it's going to have a cloaking device. Okay, it's well-armed and has a cloaking device. So, Tanner, I want you to pick some problem. Here are the problems. Fuel hog, only one medical pod, horrible circuit breakers, or grim reputation. You know, I like the idea now of the ominousness of the grim reputation. Sure. Mm. So... The raptor is a little space skiff. It's like in huge contrast to the void fair, which is like a, a big, like a picture, like a, a Viking uh, boat of, of a ship. It's your typical like pirate ship, like a right. Spanish galleon kind of thing. Yeah. I had a suggestion from of an actual spell jammer ship that might fit. The oh, bill, please. The yes, yes. Uh, so there is a ship called the Sparrow uh, or Sparrowhawk, which is a smaller ship that actually looks like a bird. Um, mm, perfect. So, for, so it being called the raptor. Yeah, bird of prey. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is a sparrow. Um, this is a very small. Uh, oh, it looks literally. I thought you meant like it resembles metaphorically no. a bird. No, it's built like a. <laughs> it has a face yes. and a beak. That is actually this most most spell jammer ships <laughs> like look like like when I described a hammer ship, it literally looks like a hammerhead shark. Oh no! Uh, I think yeah. of all of these as metaphors. No. That's shitty. <laughs> <laughs> no, spell jammer ships are fucking weird. <laughs> oh, that's nuts. Thank you. Okay. So you guys have a sparrow. The sparrow's like as sparse as it can be. Um, there are four bedrooms and a kind of a central hub um, where the pilot goes and there are kind of decks for each of you. Um, it's fairly uh, technologically advanced uh, for a ship like this. Um, it does have some huge cannons that stick out of the sides. Um, and it also has uh, something that you guys have plundered a long time ago. Um, you've thought many times about like pawning it, seeing how much you could get for it. But it's um, basically a, uh, a, a crystal that can contains a spell of invisibility that you can activate once a day as a cloaking device for your ship. Fuck yeah. Um, hell yeah. Making D&D &D shit up immediately as we go. <laughs> that may actually be a thing. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> but you uh, you know that Captain Darcy um, has done some shit in the past. Before you guys were a part of the crew, um, the Raptor was... Um, it had a reputation, a, one might say, grim reputation. Uh, and when people see the Raptor, they tend to have a reaction to it a lot of the time. Um, so actually, as I think you guys are approaching the ship at the dock, you can see like uh, some uh, shithead goblin who's like got this spray paint and he's like, nah, the fucking raptor. And he's <laughs> he's spraying a, a dick and balls under the side of the raptor. Um, what do you do uh, as you approach the ship? You there, you brigand, stand down from our <laughs> ship or I will blast you into a million fibers. Yeah. Oh, fuck, oh, fuck, um, um, <laughs> 
Uh, but he's kind of committed. He's almost done. He just has I one more him. stroke to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. He got his warning. Roll, roll feelings. <laughs> Am I an expert and prepared? <laughs> I think you must be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah. I want you to fail so bad and fucking shoot the shit out of your ship. Uh, and this is my blunderbuss, too. So if yeah. it hits, it's going to be messy. So you're <laughs> aiming over two, over two, over two. Uh, oh. I, I rolled a five, a six, and a one. Well, so two uh, successes. Okay. So two successes is just you do it. Um, so <laughs> this goblin, it's, uh, fucking, I just almost one more hair on the balls. And you fucking, I think you shoot him directly in the heart with this like mini cannonball and it fucking like splats his heart out of his body and it hits the side of your ship harmlessly uh, and, and creates this just another tally mark on the raptor's kill list and he crumbles to the ground. Tell my wife, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have to do this. I'd like to think the splatter covers up the graffiti <laughs> yes. that, that he was painting. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, if you had scored a one, uh, it would have looked like the cum shot coming out of the book. You still would have done it. It just would have been the negative there. Yeah, right. Uh, um, okay, so uh, you guys get on your ship. We have our pilot here. That's Quick Feet. Yep. Quick Feet, you've piloted this ship many times in the past. Do you have any sort of ritual that you go through? Uh, do you tell people to get to their stations? Are you used to, like, the captain not being here? Tell me about your piloting style. All right. So the way that uh, Quick Feet usually does this, I mean, he hops, like, right into the seat, throws his cowboy hat off, and then says something witty like, Buckle up and hold tight, because old Bessie here is going to be shaking and shimmying like a bucking bronco with explosive diarrhea. Woohoo! <laughs> and then hits the fucking throttle. <laughs> Did you write these out? Some of them, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, they are so fucking good. <laughs> I don't understand these colloquialisms. Uh, but you can definitely hear them. Yes. <laughs> He's saying them very loud. And I think you guys um are off. So when you're on the ship, um, I think it takes maybe like an hour to get to uh, where you're going. Um, you could chart the course to it. It's not difficult. Do you guys, like, obviously, quick feet, you're piloting. Um, Diagnostic, Willoughby, do you guys have jobs on the ship when you're just sort of, like, traveling? Um, I would think Willoughby's in charge of uh, weapons. Sure. Makes Absolutely. Makes sense. Diagnostic? Um, that is a great question, uh, what she does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I assume that uh, normally... The if there's someone injured, um, she takes care of them on the ship. But as they're mm. just traveling, I think that she just picks up odd jobs here and there because they're, you know, the ship is so small. So I assume that she's kind of like a jack of all trades type mm -hmm. of figure. Since we kind of established that that the ship has been advanced and upgraded, would it stand to reason that a lot of those upgrades are Warforged based tech since that's been around more recently the last couple hundred years? I am fine with that. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So that's what she does. Yeah, you're kind of tending to the upgrades as well. I like that. So let's uh, say that you are on the um, the helm of the ship. Uh, right now, you're kind of on the outside of the sparrow, and you're tending to that crystal. Um, so as you, you're doing that, a slightly bigger ship comes alongside you. Uh, it's a, what's, a, what's a bigger ship than a sparrow, Nick? Um, a lot of them. It could be a hammer ship, um, a marlin, uh, a squid ship. Sure. Um, actually, there's one that's called like a hunter killer or something like that. Okay. All right. Let me, let me uh, see what that looks like. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's not an animal. 
it looks like a double-ended wolf, like, splayed out. Okay. Is it, it's a hunter-killer? Yeah. Okay, so, so, uh, I think as you are kind of out-tending to that, um, kind of maybe on the outside of the ship, you see a hunter-killer ship. Uh, Vidonia Assassin, as you've also known it to be called, uh, kind of pulling up alongside you. They don't seem to have quite noticed you yet, but based on their trajectory, you can kind of tell that they're headed to the same destination uh, that you are. What do you do? Do you do anything when you see this ship alongside you? Um, so is she by Quick Feet, like as he's piloting? I think uh, Quick Feet is probably on the inside of the ship, and I think the crystal might be on the on the little bit on the outside. Maybe it needs maintenance every so often. So I don't know. Do you want to be close to Quick Feet? Yeah, because I think she's going to uh, ask him a question. Here. Yeah, absolutely. Quick Feet, if he wanted to, he could hear her from anywhere on the ship. The way the helm works. Oh, look at you! I like that. So let's be on the inside. Uh, sure. So go ahead. Quick Feet, there appears to be another ship. They do not appear to have seen us yet. Would you like me to activate the cloaking crystal? Well, hot damn silver, yeah. Throw on some camouflage on this bad boy. <laughs> All right, she hits the thing. She does it. Sure. Somehow. You uh, you pull the lever on the cloaking device or whatever the <laughs> fuck you D&D shit you she do. She rubs the crystal. She does something. Sure. She sure, gotta sure. be the crystal. <laughs> <laughs> um... So I think nothing happens from your POV, but um, I think uh, you know just based on your previous experience with it that you are now unseen. Okay. That having been said, I think that uh, Quick Feet, you now notice that they're kind of drifting towards your general vicinity because they don't see you. Um, what do you do? All right. So just your basic evasive maneuvers then just like, okay, you know. Do a couple turns, make sure they don't ram us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then hit the throttle as much as I can to sure. try to outpace them. Yeah, I don't think uh, this is even a question. I think you are a good enough pilot, that's your job, um, that you can just do it. Uh, so you outpace these guys. Um, and you notice kind of as you're outpacing them, you can see their helm as well. And there's another human at the helm. And this guy with a, a kind of slicked back blonde hair. Um, and he's kind of barrel chested. And uh, he seems to be just kind of like helming the ship, but not really paying too much attention uh, with what he's doing. You presume there must be other people on the ship but you can't really see anyone it is landing also on Milanon. seems to be at the same port you're landing at at that point you hear uh you hear willoughby from somewhere in the ship did someone say there's another ship do we need to <laughs> discharge munitions uh, now hold on hold on we are currently cloaked there big fella no need to go and give away our position well I'm, i would much prefer to discharge munitions if if it, uh, fine, I understand. <laughs> There's no need to discharge anything around here just yet. There'll be plenty of time for plenty of discharge. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I think you, uh, since you guys had the throttle so hard, you land first. Um, and you land at a dock in port. And uh, I think you're, after a certain amount of time, uh, your invisibility kind of uh, pops off. Did we land like Wonder Woman's invisible jet? <laughs> <laughs> they see three people standing in midair. <laughs> exactly, um, yeah. <laughs> quick question. Is this a different person than the guy at shop block at the bar? It would. It 100% is. Okay. Um, 
So as we're landing, um, he kind of looks back and says, Hey, big fella. Big- yes, I believe you're referring to me. Well, yeah, out of the three people in this place, I guarantee you, you're the one who'd be big fella. But regardless, I think you need to get preparing them munitions, because I'm telling you right now, if, if uh, there's a lot more people on this thing, this is going to be lining up to be rougher than a bar on a Saturday night in Muskogee. Rest assured, munitions uh, have already been prepared. Well, do me a favor and prepare more. You don't have to tempt me twice. All right, this is a fairly peaceful dock. See a couple dock workers who are kind of like moving boxes in and out of other ships that are there. Um, what do you do? Get off? I think so. Yeah, I'd yeah. say so. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, the dock workers are like fucking terrified because uh, people just sort of walk out of nothingness um, <laughs> onto the dock. Do not be alarmed. Our ship is merely cloaked. Yeah, yeah but uh, uh, what? how did you do that? A cloaking crystal. Oh, you got a you got a cloaking device on that ship, huh? And lots of munitions. I kind of say, like standing over of diagnostic, like threateningly, uh-huh. like <laughs> implying, like if you want that crystal, you're going to have to go through a lot of sure. lead. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think uh, he's fuck. So is it is he terrified? This is like a, an intimidation roll. Go ahead and roll um, feelings, I guess. Sure. One die or? I think you're an expert, not, but not prepared. You're kind of winging this. Okay, so, so 2d6. 2d6, got it. Good band. Highly recommend. <laughs> <laughs> Good plug. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have laser feelings. Okay. Uh, and that's my only success. Uh, sure. So I may try again. So what do I want to know? Um... How can I get them to fuck off and leave our ship alone sure. for the duration it's here? Um, they seem to be kind of like odd by the fact that you have a cloaking crystal. Mm. I think if you kind of like tell them there's other shit on the ship that could maybe hurt them instead of help mm-hmm. them, that might... They seem to be a pretty simple folk who uh, would fall for whatever you'll Got tell it. them. Um, and then with one success, that's just... You barely manage it. The GM inflicts a harm, complication, or cost. All right, I'm going to try to roll again then. Okay. Because my number is is easy to beat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's two successes. Uh, also with laser feelings, but I, I think that I, I would imagine that only works once. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, uh, okay. What do you tell them? So I say, there are lots of munitions on board and plenty of explosives that can go off with the slightest of a breath. Okay. okay uh, uh, all right. All right. We'll leave you alone. I'm... Um, we're not even uh we're not even gonna ask for your docking permission or nothing. It's fine. Jolly good, pip pip lads. <laughs> <laughs> I think at the time it takes to have that conversation, the hunter killer ship kind of lands also in the docks, and you see three people disembark uh in a hurry. Now now that ship completely undefended, have at it. <laughs> uh, God. Yeah, it's a ship that looks like two werewolves stitched together at the ass, so they're not going to fuck with that. Um, God, what a fucking weird ship. Welcome to Spelljammer. <laughs> Out of the ship comes uh, the blonde-haired guy, um, a tabaxi, and a gnome uh, with a... Nick, would it be a loot? Oh, fuck. Yeah, it's a loot. Yeah, okay, cool. Space um, loot. And you hear the uh, the one with the blonde hair say, uh, yeah, here's a gold piece. And he flips a gold piece towards him. Make sure this thing is uh, ship shop taken care of, uh, a power wash on the outside. And uh, if you do that right, there'll be another gold piece for you in the end. Uh, where are you guys headed? We, we know the place we're supposed to go, right? Yeah, you do. 
So okay. what was it we were looking for? A kumquat or something? <laughs> Remind me. It was a golden fruit. A golden durian, I think is what they were calling them. The stinky fruit. Ah, I see. Very good, very good. Um, let us be off. Cool. All right. You guys head to the Museum of Art. And I think as you're walking, these three are kind of walking beside you. Um, and the tabaxi kind of like saddles up to you, Quick Feet, um, and says, uh, I've always wanted to taste a doar. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> so Quick Feet's going to look over and give this tabaxi a wink and put a scratcher under her uh, chin. Now, I know all good cats love a good scratch. Uh, I think you're awakening something inside me. <laughs> um, go ahead. Uh, fucking what? Uh, okay. Uh, so feelings is seduction. So as it says in here, uh, roll above a three. Um, fuck. Heroic pilot. I don't think this is a, an expert, nor are you. Maybe you're prepared. Is this a heroic move? Um, I guess it depends on how you look at it. <laughs> I feel like it might fit more with dangerous or hot yeah. shot. So let's just roll 1d6. <laughs> this took a weird and hard turn. <laughs> so that is a three. Uh, a three. So that's um, laser feelings. Yeah, laser feelings. Yeah. It's, it's a success, but you can also ask me a question. Okay, uh, let's see here. This will explain so much about Silence of Starlight's backstory. <laughs> I answered my question. <laughs> so is their game trying to, like, it, what's their game here? Are they trying to throw me off my, uh, like, my game here or something? Like, um, truly, this, her game is bad impulse control, <laughs> it seems to be. 100%. Uh, her, <laughs> her game is, uh, seems to be, uh, not having that filter between her brain and her mouth. <laughs> Is that going to change your action of scratching under her chin? No, I'm going to keep doing that. <laughs> just, okay. So I just kind of scratch her under the chin a little bit and say, you know, I might have the look of a bird, but I can tell you in the sack, I'm stronger than a tiger. <laughs> I've never, never been with anyone but a tabaxi. This is, this is interesting. <laughs> um, I think she says, uh, uh, so that's a complication success. Um, I think she is big enough that she picks you up and says, you're mine now. <laughs> um, so the two groups are kind of walking alongside each other. Um, and you realize that you're both kind of going to the same destination. Uh, the museum is not that far yeah. from the docks. So she's picked you up and she's like showing you off to the gnome who is uh, who, who's like nodding and like smiling, but like clearly is putting up with her. Diagnostic Willoughby. What do yeah. you like? I think Willoughby yeah. uh, notices this and Willoughby is going to be like, my good lady, please unhand my companion. He is quite needed when we reach our objective. I'm fairly sure he gave himself to me, so I'm gonna bring him into the sheets to be like a tiger. I don't know what that means, but I'm excited. <laughs> Quick feet, is this true? Did you give yourself over to this young furry lady? <laughs> What can I say? The cats dig me. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> can this wait until after our objective? Oh, I suppose so. Now listen, you know I love a good tussle just as much as the next OR, but uh, I think this is going to have to wait until after our business is done. I think uh, you guys are in close enough proximity that the uh, Blanca hears you and says, uh, Objective? Oh, what sort of objective do you, are you guys talking about? Do you have a mission here? 
besides getting laid, they're just going to trail well, off. <laughs> you seem to have uh, succeeded in that, and now you're turning it down, so... I believe I am contractually obligated to not reveal that information. Thank you very much. Uh, shit. <laughs> Professional courtesy and what what. Uh... Yeah, sure, okay. Sounds good. Silence, oh, why don't you come over here? And he, like, nods uh, for the tabaxi to come his way. Um, and uh, he also says, uh, uh, and Zillin, uh, why don't we go around the different way than these three? Um, and then they, uh, they sort of uh, loop around to the back of the museum, well, I believe that solves that predicament onward. This appears to be a complication. Uh, Willoughby is oblivious to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, I might be a little hot in the collar right now, but uh, if they're going around the back, I say that we go in the front. You know, That's... when you say it like that, it sounds really dirty. <laughs> <laughs> that was not my intention, but as I said it, I was like, oh, someone's going to take it that way. <laughs> everyone, Nick Yurisiva here, your Dungeon Master. Well, no, I'm not the DM for this one, am I? I'm just your good old editor, producer, and player. Wait, does that mean I have to do the whole break in Willoughby's voice? Okay, if you insist. Thank you for listening to Tales of the Voidfarer. Once again, this is our very first one-shot. Race for the Golden Durian. Special thanks to that good chap, Seika, for running this Lasers and Feelings romp. Regular episodes of Tales of the Voidfarer will return in two weeks on the 28th of April with the premiere of Chapter 3, Smashing News Indeed. Special thanks to Thomas Goldthwaite for his original musical compositions with additional ditties by purple-planet.com. Voidfarer merchandise is available on Project Derailed's Redbubble store at bit.ly slash derailed shop. I think I will look quite fetching in a Voidfarer tea and what? I wonder if they come in pentuple extra large. If you're looking to promote your podcast on social media, look no further than Wave. Wave is a brilliant tool that allows you to take your audio media clips and convert them into videos perfect for your Facebooks, Twitters, and so on and so forth. Add artwork, a waveform, and even subtitles. If you use our affiliate link, bit.ly slash wavefarer, you will also be supporting the Voidfarer crew. That link can be found in the show notes. <sighs> well, that was exhausting. See you April 28th, everyone. Now, back to the show. Pip, pip! Okay, so you guys go inside the front office of this building, and uh, I think maybe there's some sort of um, uh, space receptionist inside. As there always is. As there always is. Um, <laughs> it is a high elf. Are you, uh, are you here to view? We are closing in one hour. It appears that someone is trying to sneak into the back of the museum. I'm, I'm sorry? Sneak into the back? Um, how do you know that? 
well. Uh, it, if, if my companion is speaking of the individuals I believe she is, we watched them proceed in that direction. But how do you know that they weren't just going around the building? We heard him talking just a moment ago, talking about stealing the gilded golden fruit. Fiona, let's have you roll for lasers. Um, I think you're trying to convince someone of something uh, that is fairly rational and calm. Um, Go ahead and roll, let's see, 1d6. Are you prepared? Yeah, you saw him do it. Um, And you're an android, so I guess you're an expert at not lying. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, so go ahead and roll 3d6 and try to roll under your 4. Uh, okay, so that is a three, a two, and a six. So, so two successes. Uh, that's two successes. Um, so you do it. Um, the high elf goes, oh, um, I, uh, we, we can't have them going in that area. It's been blocked off. Um, and I think they leave their desk and sort of rush inside the building, leaving, uh, you guys to an empty open chamber area. <laughs> we should proceed. <laughs> uh, you guys, uh, see your way in, and I think, I mean... A fairly, it's an art museum. Um, so there are people here who are kind of examining the works of art. There are paintings on the wall. There are statues. Um, what are you guys doing to try and find this specific piece? Are there those like little maps that you get at most museums with like <laughs> where everything is? Yeah, uh, sure. I love that. Um, <laughs> and I think you're smart enough to like look around for a folded up map she gets a map and uh looks for the fruit on the map sure if any walls or structures need demolished just merely point them out i will take care of the rest (laughs) the golden durian is in the back of the museum um it's in a wing for sort of found pieces things that are uh interesting that weren't created by people so are you headed back to that area Yeah, she points it out to the rest of the group. Sure. Um, I think when you get back there, there's a security guard, and uh, it's a closed door, and the security guard says, uh, uh, sorry, nobody's allowed back in this area. Why is that? Oh, there was a, a theft here recently, um, uh... And, uh, we just can't have anybody going in here. Um, there's, uh, there's, it's still kind of people on the case, an active crime scene, uh, actually. Well, what kind of theft would happen here? Ooh, uh, somebody stole an art piece. It's pretty pretty common. It's like every heist movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any way we could be of service? We are, in fact, guns for hire. Yeah, so I, uh, I'm not so sure exactly speak. how you got that gun into the museum in the first place. Um, it's, I, we, we, we have it covered. Thank you. My, my gun. Oh, well, I have two of them and, and these grenades. Oh, please, uh, please put those away. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not very comfortable around grenades. Why, why not? I, I do not understand. Your, your, your finger is dangerously close to the pin if you what just, this makes pin me... and i and i poke it <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. uh, is there something you're trying to do or no are you trying to? <laughs> no i'm just <laughs> listen sure uh, friend this item that was stolen it wouldn't happen to have been a golden fruit would it uh, uh, he he pulled he pulled the now nah, nah, let's, listen let's let's not worry about my good <laughs> tall very large, very temperamental friend here. And that's all I need to know. Like, hey, we want us all to work out, right? Listen, it, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Trust me. He's done this all the time. This is a Thursday night for him. <laughs> um, God damn it. You're, tr- 
you're being calm, but you're also doing diplomacy. So this is hard for you. Do you feel like you're using more lasers or feelings? I feel like here? I'm using feelings. I'm trying to like uh, connect with him, being like, "Hey, come, come back to Earth here." <coughs> sure. Uh, yeah. Roll above your three, then, and I'm gonna give you three. This is perfect. I love it. <laughs> All right. I rolled a three, a three, and a four. That's three successes. But you can also ask me a question. All right. Um. Hmm. Let me think here. Uh, any help from the peanut gallery? Because I'm currently drawing a blank. How do we get him to just leave his post? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's actually a good one. Yeah, that's that's a good. One. How do we get this guy to jet? Sure, I think it's almost done for you. Um, there's a door to the side of this area, um, and it's locked. Um, but you can hear someone like tugging at it um, from the outside. Oh, this thing isn't opening at all. What's happening? Uh, and uh, it's the voice of the, the blonde-haired person you heard before. Um, and uh, I think the security guard kind of like runs over there and is like shouting through the door like, uh, uh, Sir, the, the door is locked. You have to go through the, the front. So he's clearly like, he's taken at the moment. So you can pass right through this door with ease. Okay. Actually, hmm. I'm a little worried about this guy. I'm not entirely sure what the motivations are. I know that we're not going to kill anybody. Mm-hmm. Speak for yourself, lad. <laughs> you you <laughs> literally saw him like blow somebody's heart out of his body. <laughs> he was like, defacing our <laughs> ship. Quickly doesn't want an innocent to get killed mm-hmm. here. Listen, uh, buddy, I'm gonna give you a free piece of advice. You don't want to be here right now. Things are about to get mighty tough around here, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna tell you, you look like about 110 soaking wet, and a strong wind blow you over. So why don't you go take a break? Get yourself something nice to eat, and then you can have plausible deniability for days. Okay. Um. All right. Uh. Thank. Thank you, you sir. Thank you. Uh, and he just uh kind of runs away. Okay. Uh. I think that'll work. I'm kind of rolling that off of your previous mm-hmm. success because it was good enough. That's that's maybe your extra effect okay. that you get. You convince him to leave. Oh, look at that. One of my pins was dislodged. Let me get that back. <laughs> I was just about to fucking make some something really bad happen. Thank you for putting that back. <laughs> I didn't mean to actually pull it. I just poked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Um, so you guys get inside the room. I think as you begin to open up the door, um, the door flings open in front of you and another goblin uh, there. This goblin is wearing a deerskin hat and there's a very, you didn't think that, especially you diagnostic, you didn't think Warforged could even look tired, Um, but there's a very tired looking Warforged behind it. And this goblin kicks open the door and says, "Eh, I've done it. I solved the case. You're not Randy. No, I don't believe any of us are Ricky. Who might you be, small one? I'm Lucky Lucy, the goblin detective. Um, this is... this is really awkward. I was sent here to... to solve the case of the Golden Durian. Do you guys, um, do you guys know where Ricky went? Oh, is, is Ricky that, uh, that small guy? Yeah, yeah, it looks like a hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah, like. yeah, uh, <laughs> I sent him on a lunch break. Okay, um, well, um, could you, like, do you know where he was eating, or? Uh, well, I was... I'm supposed to report to him. Oh, well, um, I would assume that he is in the lunchroom. Okay, great, thanks a bunch, see you later. And Lucky wanders to the lunchroom. <laughs> Um, I think at this point the door flies open and Braddock, Zillin, and Silence kind of tumble in like fucking Three Stooges style in a big pile in the door. And uh, Silence is the first one to pop up and she says, uh, Yes, I knew I'd find you again. 
Well, that seems like a far more difficult method of entry. She she doesn't seem to be paying any attention to you. She walks straight over to Quick Feet. Uh, <laughs> and she well, says, uh, I've missed you so much. Well, we meet again. Hello, hello. These past seven minutes have been so hard. <laughs> I'm just gonna, like, I just gotta, like, give, like, a side eye to the camera. <laughs> uh, office style, sure. <laughs> um, I think, uh, I think Braddock and Zillin, um, bolt into the uh the room that should contain the golden durian yeah diagnostic um, is gonna try and make for it too uh sure. as is willoughby the um, ground shakes. you four <laughs> uh, yeah yeah <laughs> you four all walk in as silence pounces on quick feet um and in this room there's a lot of like space police tape um and uh and just like you know, caution, crime scene, and uh, an, an empty glass case where something clearly should be. Um, and I think diagnostic, uh, you kind of zoom in with your Warforged eyes and enhance, <laughs> zoom in, enhance. And you see the little tag on it says like, uh, Golden Durian, artist unknown, organic material. Just like a little plaque uh, that's attached to the, uh, the empty glass case. Oh, the case is empty. The case is empty. If I might ask, did the Golden Durian also have a cloaking crystal? I do not believe so. Um, she is going to then run for the lunchroom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> run for the lunchroom. Um, <laughs> Willoughby, are you following her? Probably after a second. It probably takes, like, sure. Willoughby a solid, like, second or two yeah. to realize she went anywhere. And then we'll turn and be like, oh, ah, ah, yes, and follow. she <laughs> fucking bolts. And then a second later, you do a double take and bolt. <laughs> and then, like, Braddock and Zillin are like, uh. And, then, and, and they follow you because <laughs> they don't know what the fuck is going on. So, um, as you cut to the lunchroom, um, I think the lunchroom is, the doors are closed. Um, diagnostic, uh, you checked your map, you knew exactly where to go. There's like a food court here. Um, <laughs> and there's a tall warforged with kind of, um, binocular-esque eyes, a small, uh, mouth below, on a fairly tall, spindly frame, standing outside of the lunchroom. Uh, his arms are crossed and he's hunched and he looks impatient. It's the same one who looked tired behind Lucky Lucy, the goblin detective. Can I help you? We have apprehended some art thieves. And she's going to point back to, uh, <laughs> to Braddock's and uh, the gnome. Uh, our job is not to apprehend art thieves uh aside from the the one very specific art thief sorry this is lucky lucy in the case of the golden durian um this is not lucky lucy in the the case of the random art thieves <laughs> well i know you are not supposed to apprehend the art thieves because we apprehended the art thieves um i don't know if you uh think that i'm some sort of police officer or i am simply a forged in the service of lucky lucy um, and I am meant to record her adventures. <sighs> and uh, uh, I don't know what to do with these art thieves. I think everyone is caught up with you at this point. And Braddock is clearly, like, not used to this much running. His, his hands are <laughs> on his knees and he's, <sighs> I'm, I'm here. <laughs> they are also attempting to steal the golden fruit. But, but, but we didn't do it. That's the... Wait, but aren't you also stealing the golden fruit? I've figured out your plan, They have forged. admitted their crimes. Again, I don't know exactly what you want me to do in this scenario. I, I, I meant to record Lucky Lucy's adventures. Wouldn't this be a good next chapter on the adventure? 
Hmm. Roll lasers for me, Fiona. <laughs> All right. How how many? Um, how many dice? I think you're. I think. Oh, this is. Uh, give me 2d6. I feel like you're prepared. You have this thought through. That is a one and a four, so I get to ask a question? Yeah, give me some laser feelings, and then you can change your action as well. How can I get him to convince his boss to try to, like, apprehend these other guys? I think it seemed like he was pretty convinced when you said, like, could this be another adventure in Lucky Lucy's case? So I think the best way is to get Lucky Lucy involved. So, I mean, he couldn't help but record what you were doing if you involved yourself in Lucy's situation. Okay, so is Lucy, like, around or...? I mean, he's blocking the door to the lunchroom. Okay, so we need to get into the lunchroom. Got it. Um, So do I roll again or... What I would I love to see you use some feelings to, uh, if you wanted to get into that lunchroom, sounds like this might be some sort of like wild, passionate action here, right? Okay. Um, you can roll me. Um, I would give you 3d6 on this and you would have to roll four or above to try and break into the lunchroom, uh, past this warforged. All right. Then she is going to try to break in and hopefully I roll high. I did not roll high. That is a one, a three and a two. <laughs> okay Woof. so uh that is a complete failure um nick you can help her um if you want to help someone uh you just say how you try to help and make a roll if you succeed you give them one die i absolutely will um i think i'm just going to just because she's just trying to like force her way past right yeah how are you trying to get in there fiona force your way in yeah she's just trying to force her way into the room i, I think willoughby was just easily just going to reach over diagnostic shoulder and palm this other warforged in the face and just kind of like <laughs> toss him aside sure yeah i love it with my brute strength uh go ahead and uh roll 2d6 for me i don't think you're prepared but i think you're yes. an expert Donna, yeah. Uh, that is a, a four and a one. So I think that's one success. That's one success. So there's some complication harm or cost here, um, but you do give Fiona another die. Mm -hmm. um, I think the complication is that like you throw this Warforge to the side. Maybe you throw him harder than you meant to throw him and you see him start to spark oh, or shit. something. <laughs> um, boy, you're the king of accidental death. I love this. Um, <laughs> none, of these, none of these sparks. characters are important. This is a one shot. It's fine. As, uh, as she opens the door, she, she's going to go thank you for your assistance willoughby i will repair him when we return and uh, she's going to go look for lucky lisa my pleasure diagnostic anytime. sure <laughs> sure um so diagnostic roll me one more die for entering this scene and this is still gonna see feeling so uh, five or six five five sure so you've succeeded in kind of uh, uh dramatically opening this door and making your way into this um but I think the complication is that uh, Braddock and Zillow are coming with you. Um, so you sort of, all three of you, enter at the same time. Um, but maybe the success here is that, like, you hear Looky Lucy, and that's why I believe that it's in the Collector's Mansion on the Rock of Brawl. And she's talking to, like, this very, like, unimpressed, bald human with glasses who's like... Um, okay, I, I, I didn't need the whole story behind it. I, I hired you to, to figure out who stole it. You've, you've told me where it is, which is great, um, but I didn't necessarily... But I did it! 
Lucky Lucy always goes above and beyond. Um, that's okay. And then she kind of looks back to you guys and says, uh, oh, you guys. And uh, now knowing where uh, where the fruit is, Diagnostic is just going to turn on her heel and uh, try to beat them to get it. Sure. Rude. Willoughby is only now just trying to come through the door and sees Diagnostic <laughs> coming back. Sure. Okay. Like, it's Willoughby's fault that Braddock and Zillin slid into the room because he was just not paying attention. Yeah, I like that. Absolutely. Zillin and, and Braddock hear that and... Um, and they're also kind of bolting as well. Um, and I think they stop to kind of collect silence on the way. Yeah. As you all are coming to collect the both of us, the door kind of kicks down with both of them just sort of like what seems to be out of breath. Uh, like quick feet is covered with scratches. Um, his flannel <laughs> shirt is torn. Please tell me that you have the fruit. <laughs> um, so Willoughby... As you come up this hallway, you're seeing quick feet and like through that open door that the other folks came through comes the group mm. of the human, the Kuotoa and the half orc as well. Um, and I think they see you um, mm. and uh, the half orc goes, uh, you, you hurt fruit tree. I'm sorry, who? Fruit tree. Oh, you're going to have to speak up. I, uh, you're quite a distance away and I... Can't quite hear. I'm already loud. Oh, there it is. <laughs> um, uh, fruit tree goes me, me, me. Fruit tree, me. Fruit tree, oh. and jumps up and down and points to himself. <laughs> Got it. Let's go. Come on. The person with the books, the person with the scraggly hair, says, "Excuse me, where y'all going?" I haven't the foggiest. Hmm. Uh, are you guys just like escaping Willoughby and Quickfeet? I think so. Sure. Um, I think I think Willoughby is smart enough to know that Diagnostic knows what she's doing. Mm -hmm. So the goal is to just get back to the ship. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Following Diagnostic's lead. <laughs> sure. Um, I think uh, the guy with the scraggly hair pulls out a wand and he points it towards you, Willoughby, as you're leaving, and he says, "Uh, hey, when Marcus Astrid asks you a question, you answer him." Where are you going? Is this evil Marco? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Mega Marco. And the half-orc uh, says, uh, And don't forget me, Han Gree. Oh, fuck <laughs> shit. There's a realization happening here. <laughs> <laughs> Willoughby is going to see the wand pointed at him. My good sir, if you're going to point something at me, you better make it worth your while. And I'm going to pull my blunderbuss and point it at him. Oh, shit. Uh, boy, this is great. I feel like this is intimidation. Let's call this calm rationality. I think you're using lasers here, my friend. So roll lower than a, t a two or a one. I don't know. I mean, or is this wild action? Wild action would be shooting him. This is you like trying to like face to face like do a mexican standoff with him right more or less yeah yeah give me lasers i want to see you fail okay uh <laughs> Failure is fun uh because if i fail then that's when the grenades come out <laughs> <laughs> okay uh so what am i rolling i'm just rolling 1d6 yeah you're not prepared i am a soldier which means like my sure. gun was at the ready so, yep yep like... yep take expert so 2d6 okay uh that is a three and a two Okay, so you uh, have one success again, and some laser feelings. Okay, uh, laser feelings. Uh, uh, okay, uh, I'm just going to say, what's the what's the best way out of this situation? Yep. Um, let's see. Uh, fucking again. I hate to give you the same answer twice, but 
fruit tree. <laughs> I mean, he's like, he truly seems to be like the, the sweet little bean. Oh, no. um, you can tell that Han Gree is like in front of him um, and uh, uh, is kind of like protecting him. Um, do you want to change what you're doing? Um, <laughs> do you want to shoot a child? <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, okay. I, I don't want to do that. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to keep the same action though. I, okay, I'm perfect. going, I'm just going to keep my one success. We're trying to get like to intimidate him, um, yeah. holding it. Uh, sure. but I think in that action, as I'm like kind of holding the blunderbuss with one mm-hmm. hand, I think I'm going to pull a grenade off my bandolier and hold it in the other hand showing I am ready to basically bring this building down if I need to. Uh, sure. So I think the complication here is that, um, I think everybody gets away but you and Marcus. Like, suddenly this is like a real, like, straight up, like, one-on-one, um, just pointing the blunderbuss and the wand at each other. Um, I think that Hongri and Fruit Tree are just, like, going to follow the other ships to wherever they're going. Um, listen, we could just follow your ship wherever you're going, but god damn it, this is now a matter of principle. You put that blunderbuss down. Hmm, good point. You could follow us. I just fire at his head. <laughs> <laughs> That's a feeling. Go ahead and roll above a two, please. Three dice. Okay. That is uh, two successes. Perfect. Uh, so you do it well. You shoot and you make some like uh, maybe a, a non-critical, non-lethal shot, uh, maybe shooting him in the shoulder and his wand flies out mm-hmm. of his hand. And he says, you haven't heard the last of Marcus Astrid. <laughs> oh, if this is the last thing I do, I swear I'm going to come back and get you, you gif. Uh, and you're able to bolt from the scene as well. Sure. Um, we are back on the ship. Uh, I think... Um, Two ships are taking off at the same time, yours and Braddock's. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, I think maybe moments later, uh, if you guys are watching uh, as this is happening, the third ship, um, Marcus's ship, uh, is coming up after you as well. Are you headed to the Rock of Brawl? Yeah. Diagnostic Uh is kind of in lead of that. Yeah. You guys all head to the port of the Rock of Brawl. And I think you get out and uh, Braddock gets out and you both like look to the left and look to the right. And then you realize that you, you're you here. What 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 are you doing? <laughs> uh, so Oh, wait. So like Braddock is just following us. He heard as much as you did, which is. And that's why I think it's in the collector's mansion at the Rock of Brawl. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Willoughby is just going to look at diagnostic. <laughs> well, you were the one leading. We should go to the collector's mansion. <laughs> what? Oh. What c- collector? The collector. <laughs> Do we know if that's like a title of somebody's? Like, uh, like, huh? like, is this Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> is that? <laughs> oh, shit, that is a Guardians character, isn't it? Fuck. Okay. <laughs> um, diagnostic. Why don't you go ahead and uh, just give me a lasers? Um. Like, scan your backlog uh, to see if you have any knowledge of who this person is. Okay, just one die? One plus Android is two. I don't think you're going to get any for Doctor, so just two. So I want to roll high or low. So you do laser, so you want to roll low. That is a one and a three. Perfect. Um, So you succeed. Um, You know exactly where the Collector's Mansion is. Uh, The Collector's Mansion is not too far from the docks. Um, You're easily able to run there. The only problem is that these folks are going to follow you unless you do something. Yeah. 
Um, she is going to go to not the collector's mansion. She's going to go probably in just like the opposite direction. Sure. Follow me. And she runs in a direction. Sure. Certainly a tally-ho. And uh, when they're sufficiently far away, she's going to try to uh, lose everyone except her companions. Kind of like the classic, like duck into an alley and just like pull them in with her. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Uh, let's go ahead and... Uh, she pulls I on play. Willoughby and he does not. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly she's just yanked. Like, hey, big guy, I come on. <laughs> this is a plan. So this is lasers again. And I think you're prepared and an expert. So 3d6. So four below. A six, a six, and a two. Shit. That's so bad. You barely manage it. Oh, okay. Uh, Willoughby, would you be in front of the party? I'm trying to think of how to parse this. I would probably be like right behind Diagnostic. Okay. So I guess uh, you would follow her. You guys duck into this alley and uh, you run to the manor. Uh, It's this huge, opulent household. And uh, there's just this like dwarven architecture that's like built into every pillar and it's several stories high. It's been a, a, you know, houses like this are few and far between. You feel like the person who's behind this has to be some very powerful person. Um, What do you do? Um, As I said before, if any walls or structures need demolished, you need only point them out. Hold on there, Slick. I don't think we want to take out half the building with us. Uh, What do you think, Diagnostic? How do you think we should handle this? There's no guards or anything in front of it, right? No. I mean, I was thinking walk up to the front door and knock, but... uh, Yes, we should try the front door first. You know, we got the confidence and the bravado to do it, so let's go. Okay. Um, You walked up to the front door. Who's knocking? Uh, Willoughby will just do it. Okay. Sure. So so the house shakes, basically. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> it pounds on the front door. Um, you can see dust coming off of fixtures outside. Um, and uh, the door opens to a dragonborn um, in full plate armor. And he says, uh, hello, how can I help you? Does Diagnostic know if this is the collector? Um, the collector is this like enigmatic person. You're not sure. Okay. Hello, we are here as part of an investigation into some art thievery. <laughs> I see. Just, just straightforward. <laughs> yes. Quick feed is just going to kind of give her a very, like, strong side eye. <laughs> May we come in and ask you a few questions? Yes, yes. Master told me to uh, expect folks like you to come along. It's fine. Come in. The gold dragonborn uh, opens the door a little wider and kind of shows the way in. He looks like... um a relatively formidable foe. Um, you get the feeling that he kind of works for the collector. So you're kind of getting intimidated by maybe what this person is or who they could be or anything about them. So he directs you to a couch in sort of this large sitting room and says, uh, please have a sheet. The collector will be along momentarily. Thank you kindly. Jolly good, jolly good. Willoughby will, will sit on the sofa and probably break it. Taking up the whole sofa like it's a little stool. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the dragonborn leaves the room, um, and uh, you sit on the sofa, and you bust it in half. And moments later, you hear a voice say, uh, It's all right. I have uh, like a hundred of those anyway. It's fine. <laughs> um, a small doar comes into the room. Uh, he's got <laughs> yellow eyebrows, uh, kind of like quick feet. Um Again, the inside of this mansion, I forgot to mention, is just like just as opulent as the outside. There are paintings hanging everywhere, and um, they're just like, uh, these. this place is worth uh, billions of platinum pieces. Um, and he says, uh, pleasure to make your acquaintance. 
Uh, you like the Elmore collection? And he gestures at some paintings on the wall. They are very lovely. I have to say, they're quite fetching. Elmore, Elmore of what? Well, Elmore, Elmore of Faerun. You're not familiar. I can't say I'm one for a taste for the arts. Good God, boy. You got a lot to learn, young man. The name's Luckbeak Humboldt. What's your name? Well, pleasure to meet another kin such as myself. I'm Quick Feet Emperor. Pleasure to meet you. Well, Doa, I do say it's a pleasure to see you. And uh, you, big guy? My name is Petty Officer Willby Swain. At mm-hmm. your service. All right. And a gift, cool. Uh, and, uh, Warforged? My name is Diagnostic. Diagnostic? Goodness. Alright, uh, well, it's a pleasure to meet the three of you. Uh, Andor said, uh, you three had something to talk to me about, uh, art thief-wise? Oh. Willoughby's gonna look at Diagnostic. <laughs> quick, quick feet, not really knowing what to say, is also gonna look to Diagnostic. Hmm, <laughs> hmm. Diagnostic is going to, uh, process information for one second, and then she is going to say, We were sent here by a detective named Lucky Lucy to find out more information about a particular golden fruit. Oh, the golden fruit. When you talk about art thievery, I assume you meant art that was stolen from me, but you're saying art I may have thieved? Uh, I suppose that is correct, yes. The, the golden durian. Yeah, goodness, what a ballsy move to come into my own house and accuse me of being an art thief. Is that what you're doing, oh. Warforged? Um, she is going to look at her, her head is going to swivel towards her companions and then uh, look back at Luckbeak and she is going to say, um, Perhaps you should talk to your servant about not letting in people who are going to interrogate you. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. No, I'm I'm fucking with you, I know. Uh, listen, I know what that thing is. I know what it's capable of. Now, I took it so that other people wouldn't have it. You understand, sometimes it's better the devil you know rather than the devil you don't. What are you planning to do with that thing? From my perspective, that's just a shiny piece of fruit. Oh, sure. I suppose I'm the devil you don't know anyway, so what the hell's the difference? Can you educate an ignorant Doha such as myself, my good friend? What is it about this thing that's dangerous? Oh, hell if I know. There's some prophecy or some bullshit about uh, incredible power or incredible doom. What happens to you if you eat it? Um, truly, I don't know. As you can see, and he gestures broadly around him, I just collect... Sometimes that's the most fun thing to do. I've always found that destroying things and creating grand explosions is the most fun thing you can do. Boy, that does not sound super fun to me, but sure. I suppose there's no accounting for taste. Uh Uh-huh. All right. Um, yeah, I I guess not, huh? I've known enough gift to know that that's a truth. (laughs) He says, so what are y'all going to do with it? I'm, I'm beginning to have some second thoughts here, guys. Like, I mean... We were going to try to make a quick buck, but if this thing is actually as actually dangerous, I don't know if we want it in Stanley's hands. I mean, Stanley's not exactly the most uh, <laughs> reputable of people. What would you pay us to not take it? Pay it and not take <laughs> it? Now, I suppose I could, but honest to God, I bet you there's at least, I don't know, 
two other groups on their way here right now to do the exact same well, thing you're doing? If, if I might inquire, how exactly did you know that? That is amazing. Wait, what? Is that real? Did I hit the number on the head? He has a large <laughs> number of explosives. You could pay us to protect it. Now that's not a bad idea. I do, in fact, have a large number of explosives. This is a true statement indeed. Hmm. If you could pay us a little bit of compensation, we'll make sure that those other two, uh, skedaddle. Now see what you're saying. I mean, you got this far. I'm pretty impressed. All right. Tell you what. I want you to prove that you're good people. In fact, and you kind of hear a scuffle upstairs. I hear some people coming in right now. I want you to show me that you could take care of them. And if you could take care of them, then you could take care of this. I'll give it to you. I will have to have the, the GIF legions... Draft up a retroactive contract for this arrangement, no. but I think it is most suitable in the meantime. Sure, no contract necessary. Just go on up, take care of them, and if you prove to me you could defend this thing, it's yours. I thought you said you had known many gifts. I assure you that we only do business by contract. Yeah, no. Hey, you're... Exactly. You're right. You're right. Uh, can't we, you know... Once a gif, always right. a gif, I suppose. Then I will take this as a verbal contract, and like I said, I will have a retroactive contract drawn up and sent to you after the deed is done. Yeah, all right. Don't you worry, they'll be dealt with quicker than a good old boy chowing down on a rack of ribs. Hmm. <laughs> Quick feet's walking out the door. <laughs> Great. Um, so at the front door, um, I think you can see Andor, the dragonborn, um, and he's holding back Marcus and Hungry and Fruit Tree. Um, they're kind of like trying to, to get past him and move their way in. Go for the fish. They don't like it. Oh, yeah, okay. He picks up the Kuatoa and moves him to the other side. And that's when you realize that, like, Marcus and Hongri are, like, like not really doing much against... Uh, I mean, you could tell that Andor is pretty strong, uh, and he's holding them back fairly easily with one hand while while holding Fruit Tree with the other, and you're realizing that, like, Braddock and Silence and Zillin are probably, like, lost in the city, and these are the threats you're supposed to take care of. Mm. Uh, so, um, they... As soon as Fruit Tree gets taken, they're gonna fight even harder to get inside. Let me look up what clerics can do real fast. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You can just say you're doing something and we can do it. It's, yeah, it's, she, it's a loosey-goosey yeah, system. She, she tries to use some uh, some magic to make them not progress any farther. or like come Sure, in. like a whole person maybe. Yeah, something like that. Great, okay. Uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and cast hold person on, uh, well, we'll say both of them. Um, this is uh, pretty... Um, We'll say this is a spell you know. So 1d6 plus prepared plus... Sure, this could be a doctory thing. So expert. Maybe you use it when you're like doing surgery on someone to keep them still. Oh god, that sounds horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, okay, so I was supposed to roll low on that, right? Yeah, you're rolling lasers, so roll under you. Right, so I got a six and two fives. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I think you cast hold person on Andor by accident. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, like, uh. you just miss. He falls straight backwards, and Marcus and Hongri, like, trample <laughs> over his body and come inside and are, like, face-to-face -face with you. Um, and Hongri, like, pulls out this spike club and starts, like, 
coming at Quick Feet, about to swing into him. Quick Feet, what do you do? Quick Feet is going to be the fastest draw in the West mm-hmm. and uh, whip out his two hand crossbows and take a shot at both of them. Sure. You know, kind of like a warning shot, like an aiming towards like the calf sort of deal, because he's not going to kill anybody. Sure. Okay, I love that. Um, so give me 3d6 and uh, roll above your three. All three right. Above. So that is a six, a three, and a two. So one under, one over, and one laser feelings. Yeah, you don't have to ask me laser feelings if you don't want, but you can. Um, hmm. So the question that I'm going to have is, after I take this shot, can he see a weakness? Can he see something he can exploit um, in any of the two of them? Oh, man. The weakness that you can see that you can exploit um, is going to be um, Marcus has um, where he was shot earlier uh, Mm. is definitely a weakness that you can exploit in his shoulder. Okay, so, yeah, I would take my shots. And then after seeing that, I would probably like I probably if he's close enough, I'd slap it with my flipper. Got it. I think you do exactly that. Uh, so you slap him right on his shoulder. I think he falls down and uh, fucking like a bunch of books fall out of his coat. And he starts, oh, oh, oh my shoulder. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and I, shit. So it's just, just hungry. Um, who has, I mean, You've attacked Marcus instead of her, um, so I think she kind of uh, swings into you, Quick Feet. Uh, maybe she, like, bats you across the room with this thing. You're the only one who's, like, taken damage, quote-unquote, in this world. Um, Willoughby, you see her swinging at Quick Feet and uh, definitely connecting. What do you do? So I'm going to pull out my blunderbuss again, mm-hmm. but before I use it, I'm... Uh... I'm going to take inspiration from the gift stat block, and I'm going to do a head first charge mm-hmm. where I literally just going to charge her down and headbutt. Okay, her good. With just all of my gift might. Let's do it. <laughs> so I'm. Oh, uh, this is a uh, prepared an expert. Sure, yeah, it's in your stat block. It's it's sure. Who who the fuck knows? <laughs> uh, so that is I'm rolling above. Uh, yeah, or, this is definitely yeah. feelings. Uh, so that's that's um three successes with super feelings. Um, I don't have anything yeah, I need to fine, know yeah. here. I'm just... How many successes did you get? Three. Three? Got it. Okay. So, yeah, uh, I think you do that. Uh, after she hits uh, Quick Feet, she's so proud of herself that she's, like, nodding with her hands on her hips, and you, like, come in and headbutt her from behind, and she immediately falls unconscious. You get the <laughs> feeling these were, like, level one adventurers in this uh-huh. world. <laughs> uh, and Fruit Tree's, like backed into a corner horrified and he's like holding his hands up and uh seemingly like really scared as to what's going on uh diagnostic what are you doing can she attempt to reverse the hold person on the person she did not want to cast it on sure you know what i don't even think you need to i think andor after a moment like kind of shakes it off and uh kind of wakes up a little bit and he's like nicely done i suppose uh what about the child and he points the fruit tree um, she is going to try to, uh, grab fruit tree, I think. Okay. I don't think that's a question. You do that. You grab him and hold him up. And he says, please don't hurt. Please don't hurt. Uh, they just wanted it to fix fruit tree. Fruit tree is sick. Wait, what? Fruit tree is sick. Fruit brings fortune. Fortune good for fruit tree. Fruit tree eat the durian. Uh. What are fruit tree's symptoms? Um. Fruit tree have special D and D illness. <laughs> he has the space flu. Uh, space flu. Fruit tree space sick with space flu. 
does uh, does Ravnus know? Not Ravnus. What game is this? Wow. Does, when did Ravnus get here? Yeah. Does uh, Ravnus is... is in the other room? Uh, does Diagnostic know how to uh, fix the space flu? I don't think. I think space flu is like the space equivalent of cancer. Like oh, okay. I don't oh, think there's really. A, it's not oh, actually flu. <laughs> like it's... like like it's incurable. Uh, so. Would it be safe to assume that they're bullshitting? Oh, I don't know. Do you want to roll a, uh, uh, what would it be? Uh, what would this roll be in D&D? Uh, I mean, it would be an insight. insight. Yeah, 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 insight. insight. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and, uh, do a lasers, because I think you're doing some cool rational action here. All right, how many dice? Uh... You are, um, I think you're prepared. Uh, you've been observing this conversation, and I think as a heroic, you're an expert. Go ahead, give me three. Three? And you want to roll, uh, below. All right, so that is a one and a three. Perfect. That's two successes. Uh, he's not fucking around. It seems like this kid is incapable of lying. He's just scared. Oh. Fruit tree. I can try to make you more comfortable, but there does not appear to be a cure. <laughs> uh, but the fruit. Oh, shit. Is it one of them placebos? Eating the fruit would be what we call gambling. <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah that's yes. a callback bring it back around <laughs> I am terribly sorry my fishy friend but you see we are contractually obligated to return the fruit to our employer anything less would be a breach of contract he nods and says contract more important than fruit tree um, fruit tree understand um, please let fruit tree down <laughs> she sets down fruit tree. Okay, and I think he uh, he goes over to Marcus and Hungry and starts to like drag them very slowly out of the mansion. Oh, listen, uh, we might want to forge a new contract here because I mean, look at this, look at this little guy. I mean, he's adorable. Like, what else are we gonna do with the sashimi here? <laughs> out, out of character question. We we know that it's either eating the fruit would be good fortune or something terrible, right? Yeah, the prophecy's unclear. Yeah. Quick feet, I know that you like to gamble and find it fun, but something horrible could happen. I mean it's fifty fifty or else we have a guarantee of uh our fishy friend here going to uh Davy Jones locker a little sooner than later. I think, like, Luckbeak comes up from the basement, or from where he was, is, is like, uh, oh, looks like they're gone. A good job there. Looks like I can trust folks like you. Here, uh, let's call it even. I just like to see interesting things happen. <laughs> and he, uh, gives you the golden durian. Uh. Well, now they all feel bad taking it. <laughs> <laughs> well, contract fulfilled. We should get this back to our employer post-haste. Yeah, good to see you. Get the hell out of my house. Pip-pip, lads! Uh, hold on Have a second. Have you collected a cure that can cure space flu? Uh, <laughs> if it ain't art, I probably don't collect it now. This cure was art? Yeah, but, I mean, uh, it's more art than cure. I don't know. You actually take stock in these prophecies? Well... I mean, we could test it right now. Isn't it like Incredible Doom part of the prophecy? Does anyone here have a knife? I'm a gambler, man. I'm ready to roll the dice, especially whenever it's not my soul on the line here. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I would like to point out, Quick Feet, that we also need this to cure our captain. Ah, shit. Well, uh, do they have to eat? I mean, it's a big-ass fruit. <laughs> 
I think uh, by this point, Fruit Tree has dragged them out, uh, and Luckbeak is, like, ushering you out of his house. <laughs> so, uh, listen, I mean, we're at a conundrum here, and I'm I'm here to preserve life more than I am to get paid as much as I like to get paid. So, uh, what if we break this bad boy in half, and one, the captain chows down on one, and our little Fruit Tree here chows down on the other? What? You give some to Fruit Tree? Uh, I'm making a suggestion. We need to figure out a way to make this work. Well, this would be a breach of contract. Oh, shit. <laughs> but I suppose, since I am hard at hearing, that I might have misheard the plan and be unawares of what happened to the fruit. I mean, let's be honest here. Whenever we were at the bar with Stanley, who knows what he was telling us to get. <laughs> I was a little hard of hearing, too. Precisely. I will leave it up to you, Quick Feet. All right, so um, I want to beckon everyone to our ship, the Raptor. Yeah. Willoughby is going to pick up Marcus and, and Hungry under each arm. Okay. Uh, you pick them up and uh, a fruit tree like is, uh, is, is walking along with you and like sniffling every so often. Um, and uh, in, you're walking back to the Raptor. What do you do once you're there? So at that point, um, I think we're going to go into the ship. I'm going to cut the durian in half mm -hmm. and I'm going to give half to Captain Darcy and half to fruit tree. Sure. So, We've not fulfilled our contract, so this is where we're going to leave off, I think. Uh, these thoughts spin around in your head is, is incredible fortune, unbelievable doom, what's going to happen? I think you kind of put it in the captain's mouth, and you kind of move his jaw, and he chews it up, and at the same time, Fruit Tree's taking nibbles from it and eating it, and at the same time, I think you see Fruit Tree and the captain both start seizing, um, and Fruit Tree falls onto the ground, and the captain kind of spasms where he is, and for a second, all is silent. And I think Hongri and Marcus begin to wake up out of unconsciousness, and Marcus says, The hell, the hell did you do? Oh, uh, well, I, I gave the... Diagnostic is going to try to assess what is going on with them. Sure, go ahead and roll lasers for me, uh, 3d6. That is a three, a three, and a five. Sure, so that's uh, two successes. Yes. I think you run over to the captain, and um, you start to take his uh, diagnostics, um, and uh, I think his eyes snap open, and he he like unsteadily gets onto his elbows and uh, and pushes his legs out to the side of the table, and and he sees Marcus and Hongri, and he like shakes his head for a second, and then he says. Marcus, hungry! Oh no! We did it! And then he runs over and he gives them oh, a no. big hug. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think, oh no! And I think that's where we're gonna stop uh, this chapter in Tales <laughs> of the, the Raptor Guys. <laughs> wow! Oh, no! All right. Uh, <laughs> Fucking so terrible. I, so, Saker, I, I have to ask. Yeah. So is is by creating the another like nega version of us in the creation of fruit tree are you basically saying that like luckbeak <laughs> is basically baby of the group he is the he, baby of the group he is, is he's the, the lovable one that everyone will die for <laughs> um, is that what you're trying to say uh, yeah well uh, come on no I, I i knew i was going to use luckbeak later so i wanted to put somebody else in that slot and i was hoping it would raise interesting questions so <laughs> uh, yeah so. Um, good. That was oh, really well, fucking good. Thank you guys. Thank you. Yeah, so that much for playing. That, that was, was a, a delight. <laughs> that was fun. 
Um, hey, uh, we'll be back on April 20th with another episode. <laughs> April 28th. Um, Don't worry. I, I, I will do all the normal spiel in the break. It's <laughs> <Okay>. cool. <laughs> Uh, I, it actually, in fact, already happened. Weren't you paying attention? Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yes. My bad. My my apologies. <laughs> All righty. Thanks a lot, everybody. Yeah. 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 We'll see Bye. you on the 28th with Bye. the beginning of chapter three. ProjectDerailed.com